Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales, where we believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I'm also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Be sure to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter for the latest on the podcast. Today is part one of two, where we are talking to Claudia Blood about her novels. Over the next two weeks, you will hear about writing from a young age, overcoming writer's block, dealing with negative reviews, trying to make sense of your dreams, finding your audiobook narrator, learning how to promote your books, making sure to keep your story trucking along, not bogging it down with the details with an info dump, and flying by the seat of your pants, to a point. Ravine, Renegades Rising. A brilliant scientist? A tragic mistake? Can she save what she's already lost? Ravine has worked hard to see the launch of Horizon, the first light drive come to fruition. But her laser focus on the big day leads to tragedy when her daughter is caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. When Ravine discovers the truth behind the accident, she seeks vengeance against the company at fault and is given an impossible choice that leaves her on a year-long flight to deep space. Lonely, despondent, angry, Ravine is lost. Until she discovers a video that seems to show her daughter being saved by a mysterious figure on that fateful day. Confident the message she receives is from her future self, Ravine sets out on a mission to invent time travel and go back to change the past. Only messing with fate and time has unintended consequences. Ravine must become the villain to be a hero. Ravine is one of four interconnected novellas. The full arc of the story is resolved in the final novel. This novella ends in a cliffhanger. All right. Well, okay. the name of the podcast <laughs> is Freya's Fairy Tales. And that's fairy tales in two ways. So fairy tales are both something that we either watched or read or listened to as kids. And that includes, yeah. you know, other short stories that you may have liked as a kid. And it's also the journey of you spending weeks, months, years working on your book to then be able to hold that in your hand is a fairy tale for you as the author. So I like to start off with what was your favorite fairy tale or short story when you were a kid? And did that favorite change as you grew up? So I used to love the Aesop tales. Okay. Had, like, yes. And, and and it's funny, I say that I remember reading them. And I think they're like internalized, but I'm sitting there going, okay, she's going to ask me what one. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember reading them and loving them that they were life lessons. And they were just like, so easy to like, understand, and they mm -hmm. made them approachable. And I just I just love that concept. So that that's where I think I started. And then okay, I don't know if this is like, I love Disney movies. 
right <laughs> okay. now. Like I have small kids. Well, I don't, they're not that small, but they went through the Disney phase. And so I love what they do with Disney movies. Now they make it a little bit like too much happy ending, in my opinion, sometimes. Like some of the originals. Were yeah, like, some of the stories are not happy at right, all. Right, the Little Mermaid, right? And like some of those original yeah. things. And, and uh, Rapunzel, not happy. But, no. um, <laughs> but I still, there's just so much like you... We all, maybe we don't all, but I want people to have their happy ending, right? Like, I want that. I should have been a romance author, but I'm not. But I totally want them to have their happy ending. <laughs> Whatever uh, that I mean, is. Well, in most of the stories, Aesop or, um, you know, any of the other ones, that a lot of them were collected by the Grimm brothers, but they they were like oral traditions. They, oral you know, traditions. combined yep. into a, you know, form where they were all together. Right. Um, but a lot of those were like with the Aesops, for some kind of a lesson. Yes. Um, some of them, I swear, the lesson was to just scare the crap out of the children because they are <laughs> disturbing. They're disturbing. But yes. Yes. <laughs> they all had, and usually, and quite a few of them at the very end will have some like little poem for like, the moral to the story is right. whatever. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, that was what I was supposed oh, to get. That was. <laughs> Well, do you remember the one? And this is, I don't even, this was, I think it was early Disney with the grasshopper and the ants. Mm-hmm. And the world owes me a living that, 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 that made it like the nice little ditty. And I always thought about that. Like, you know, just that whole, you do come in and we're all self-centered. And we all think that we're owed something. And no, it's hard work and it's effort. And it's, you know, us trying to make things happen, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, it could be easy, but you're also... And I post these kind of things all the time on my social medias. Yeah. It it could be easy if you want to stay where you are. But right. if you want to improve and go places, yep. it's going to be hard. You're going to have to learn something new. Something You're going to have to do something that you don't want yep. to do. Yep. You know, whatever the case may be, if you want to go places, you have to put in the effort you to go to there. The or you're not yeah. doing anything. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> if I made a podcast... Yep. Or an audiobook, and no one ever talked about the podcast or the audiobook. I'm never going to sell anything. Never going right. to go anywhere. No one's ever right. going to download anything. Right. That's one facet of what has to happen in yeah. order for you to, to go somewhere. There's also that whole, like, I've known people who things have come very easy to them, but that doesn't necessarily make them happy, and it doesn't necessarily get them where they want to be. You know? well, and then there's, too, that sense of accomplishment when you've, like put in all this effort end. yeah yeah when you've put in all this effort to then you know sell copies of your book it's like oh my god i did this <laughs> like there is no well something happened and like now what <laughs> right right the deus ex machina or whatever comes in and says you will sell books yeah <laughs> whatever <laughs> All right. So next, I like to ask, when did you know that you wanted to write books or stories? So um, I think everybody I've been writing for a long time. Um, I wanted to be a writer um, as a younger girl, and I wrote some very weird, crazy things. But um, there was always that um, I have the butt. Oh, my gosh, I said butt. That's not what you do when you do improv. Um, but there was this pressure, as you know, to try and do something that will support yourself. And writing is not necessarily something that's deemed supportable. So mm -hmm. it was suppressed for a long, long time. So it was always there and always, you know, around. But I went into computer science instead and did that for a long time before I came back and I was like, what if you got to lose? You kind of have to embrace it and, and really right. like, give it a true go. Yeah. Okay. So, and so you wrote 
since you were a girl. How long did it take you to write your first full-length book? Oh, there's so many starts and stops and so many (laughs) half-completed projects and so many you look back and you're like, First one you got from beginning to end, how long did it take you? (laughs) Um, So, okay, there's the first one that I actually finished. So I had something I'd been working on for like five, six years that I could never quite get done. And I recognized that I was missing a piece of something like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if you ever do this with your to-do list. Like if you need to call the doctor, if you don't know the doctor's number, you may not actually call the doctor because it's too hard. It's Mm -hmm. as funny as that sounds. So if you get the number first and then right, right. And then, (laughs) then call the doctor, it happens. So I ended up making, uh, creating a book, end-to-end book that didn't have any fantasy elements, anything else. And that took me like six months. I had the idea and I just wrote all the way to the end and I got it done. I was like, yes. And then I hated the book because it didn't have any (laughs) fantasy and sci-fi elements. (laughs) And I had to rewrite it to add in all of that stuff. But that whole like getting that first book done. And then I went back to the previous one and finally had enough confidence maybe Mm -hmm. to get that book done. So the the first book that I didn't finish first, but the longest was like seven years, I think. Okay. And so you write the end. What did you do after that? I agonized over whether it was good enough. I put it through to editors. I tried some (laughs) bailing, you know, like everything that you do when you're flailing around trying to figure out if it's something that is um, good because you want to make the best story possible. Yeah, that someone else that someone else tell me if this is good or am I crazy? Am I crazy? Yeah. And so then after putting it through its paces, I ended up indie publishing. So um, I'll have my seventh book indie published um, in on October 24th of 2022. So Okay. I kind of had that similarly with like, I just started narrating back last year. Like I just passed my year mark of narrating. And I kind of had that at the beginning too. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll land like five books and like, you know, that'll be about it. Like, who's going to want my voice? Whatever. <laughs> right. The self-doubt. I'm, uh, let's see, almost to 100 audiobooks. Outstanding. Contracted. I'm booked out for almost a year. Awesome. <laughs> I'm like, clearly in did, my head, I'm like, did I did it, something Did it stop right. the voice, though? Did it stop the little voice in there that still says, ooh? Like, or did really? the voice is like 100 I good? St- still had that voice in my head until I had to have like a sound engineer come in and like kind of tweak some of my settings. Yeah. And he was like, you know, he doesn't know who I am because I'm, you know, I've been doing this for very long and nobody knows my name other than, you know, people on social media that see me. Um, And he was like, you know, how are things going? Whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, I just finished my whatever the number was at the time. This was several months ago. And he's like, you're doing good. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) I'm like, okay. And like, he's someone that like, he tweaks sound levels for thousands of people. His wife is a professional narrator. He professionally edits other people's audio. So I'm like, for someone like that to be like, you're doing a good job. And then all like, I would post up auditions on TikTok of like me just narrating. Um, And people would be like, oh my gosh, you did such a great job. That was a great audition or whatever. And so like, it just, it feels so stupid that you have to have this external validation. Validation, yeah. But all of us, I feel like do at some point. Yeah. Um, So now I'm kind of like, clearly I know my stuff. Like I'm good. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And in the podcasting space, um, 
I was kind of like, uh, you know, I, I just I started narrating. And then about a month later, I started a daily fiction podcast for like practice with fiction and voices right. and narrating yeah. in general. And I'm like, you know, no one's paying me for it. So if it's terrible, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I went to a conference in August of this year. And, you know, I'm thinking it's this big, it's supposed to be like the biggest podcast conference in the world. And so I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be this like small fish in this big pond of all these big people. And while I was at the conference, I hit 15,000 downloads and everybody like I would say that and their eyes would get gigantic, like, oh, my God. Right. <laughs> like, that's all like, the, the, the extra validation. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, and my mom, I, I took my mom with me because I didn't want to go to this for the first time by myself. And so yeah. I'm like, mom, will you go with me? And she said, you know, she would tell people the same thing. And she said, yeah, you're clearly one of the better ones that are attending. I think all the other like bigger names were the speakers and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just that same, that external validation. And since then, like yeah. I've bold through I'm almost to 19,000 since August I've gone Sweet. from 15 to 19 so I'm like good god we're just like the ball is rolling with all yep. this. and it's down here gaining momentum yeah. <laughs> I'm like all right <laughs> so same thing same you know you think it's over but you you have to promote and you have to yep you know, you, you feel it's like it's not over when you have the product it's it's more yeah well yeah. and I'm sure you with you have seven books out now you said or you're about to release the seventh yep and so you do you ever look at your reviews to see what people are saying or do, do you avoid those <laughs> I do I do look at those and I'm always like very um almost afraid like that someone is gonna be like you suck right like <laughs> they do I mean people are not always all that nice no. when they get very you know passionate no. about that so but I've been very fortunate that I've had um pretty much good reviews there have been the worst reviews so far have been things like it's not my cookie right so it's one of those like um so you know like I love chocolate chip cookies and so if someone bakes the perfect oatmeal cookie and it's everything I ever they ever dreamt of from oatmeal cookie and gave it to me I'm not gonna like it it's not right. a chocolate chip cookie right. same thing with books right like it's the same sort of thing so the 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 review was, oh, you know, this was great, but I was looking more for this. And I'm like, well, it's not that. So, right. okay. <laughs> I get so. that. I mean, narrators get that with voices, too. So, like, most of my negative reviews are just, like, I didn't like her voice. And I, I can't. I know. I, I read them. <laughs> because, like, for you, I'm sure you want to see, is there something that is repeatedly being said yes. that I need to change? That I need to change. So yes. far, just they don't like my voice. and. I can't change that. Right. <laughs> so just like you can't make a sci-fi fantasy book into a romance. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's just it doesn't hit the beats. It's not going to be it. Yeah. So now you are your books are sci-fi and fantasy, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm a, a cross genre, I think, is the right way to say it. So I've got a series that's sci-fi and fantasy, a trilogy that's completed. And I'm working on the thing that's coming out as a prequel to it. It's the bad guy story. Because okay. the bad guy, Ravine, is awesome. I just love her. Um, and then I've got a fantasy series called the Merge series. And that's it's pure fantasy. There's no real science inside of it. Um, and then I've got a, a supernatural, um, what it, would it be? Uh, suspense. I think that's what they call it. So it's it's got the fantasy elements, but it's much more suspenseful okay. than the other ones. There's a lot more danger and that kind of jazz. So I'm sort of like 
the elements that are the same as the fantasy element, the 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 adventure elements are kind of the same. And there's always a little bit of mystery, but I just okay. I love fantasy and Dungeons and Dragons and you know unicorns <laughs> and different things like that. I just I just love that. So so where does your inspiration come from for your books? I a bunch of them came from dreams. So I would wake up. Uh, my favorite one for the the relic trilogy. Um, it was this dream about this team of people, team of guys going through the jungle. Mm-hmm. And they unearth this like um, this old alien artifact, and then like when they go inside, they start the machine up, and it's like the the Terminator light ball. Like you remember when they <laughs> like it was that that curved up on this platform, and there's an aerobics an eighties aerobics instructor. Oh my gosh! I know, and I was like, like Richard Simmons going on. <laughs> it was a chick. It was like it was a a woman, and it was you know like the the, the typical sort of like and and not, but she was big sort of like blonde hair, big blonde hair, and the blue, you know, the leg warmers, and just yeah. like you know the big purse thing, and so. I basically was like, what the heck is going on? Like, how does this make any sense? And so the story <laughs> came from trying to make sense of everything that happened. And okay. now it has time travel and it has like, yeah, all sorts of different things in it. So fun. So yeah. dreams. Dreams. Yes. <laughs> or trying to make trying to make sense of the dream. <laughs> of the dream. Yeah. Yeah. So you have like, you basically start with like a dream journal that you then expand upon. Well, I get this scene in my head and my my brain will keep going back to the scene going, well, what happened? And why are they there? And where did this come from? (laughs) And it's weird because when I start like asking myself questions or other people do, I know the answers. And it's like, Mm -hmm. huh. (laughs) I should write the answers down to my own questions. I should write the answers down. Yeah. Yeah. But now I did see, as a narrator, um, I did see that your trilogy has been narrated. How did that come about? Um, I ended up going through draft to digital and they've got um, some of the narrators there that you can interview. And I uh, found my narrator through that. And um, I just love the idea of it. So uh, I ended up paying for the audiobooks. (laughs) It was fun, though. It was I'd never done anything like that. And like the guy was so kind and nice and like almost held my hand a little bit because I'd be like, hi, I'm freaking out about this. And he was totally (laughs) like, you're okay. It's okay." And I was like, "Okay." And then I do that. (laughs) And then I couldn't even like I can't hear someone else read my stuff because it makes it's embarrassing. And I'm like, oh, God, people are going to think this sucks. So I knew (laughs) I wasn't a good like person to. So I I sent one to my sister and I sent it to, you know, some friends and I was like, does this sound okay? Like, does this sound okay? Like, are are you guys like, okay? And they're like, oh yeah, he sounds great. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I had an author had to send it to her best friend to like, is this is this good because it's my book and I just think it's good? Or is this like actually good because I don't listen to audiobooks? Right. And then I had one author that her, she had like, she won some kind of a pitch war on Twitter. And so her publisher is actually who hired me, but she heard the clip thinking, oh, you know, they're just going to have gotten some like side of the road guy that like it's not going to be good. And she's like, I send her like the audition piece or whatever. She's like, you sound like an actual narrator. Why, thank you. (laughs) Awesome. So. (laughs) That's a sign 
sign you put on your wall, right? Like, yeah. like she, you select an actual yeah. day. <laughs> and then it was like several months later, I submitted an audition for an epic fantasy book. And like the guy like messages me back and like the he- the su- or, subtitle. Oh, my God. The message heading is like, oh, my God. And I'm like, this is either going to be this really good, good or really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like. Oh my God, you did such an awesome job. I love it. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, all right, it was good. But I'm like, I mean, if it was bad, I imagine most people, most people don't message you if they don't like it. So (laughs) you occasionally get the ones that do and you're like, you could have just like, not. Not. (laughs) Right. And it's probably not like to give you constructive feedback, but to just to kind of, you know. No, it's like, hey, we didn't want you. We liked someone else better. Okay. Well, thanks. thanks. (laughs) I I got that when I got the automated message saying, you didn't get this book. Okay. It's it's very generic response. It'll be like, hey, this book that you auditioned for went to someone else. And you're like, okay. Okay. (laughs) As it happens. (laughs) I'm like, that. all right, sounds good. (laughs) And then then other ones, you're like, uh, they send out ones too, I guess, the authors will go to a different platform like draft to digital I guess because okay. um, occasionally you'll get some saying the author pulled the title so like it's ah. it's not that you didn't get it it's that like it's not up there anymore right. so you it went through don't different know venue. yeah because yeah. draft to digital I think went to find a way because I think it's find a way that I actually ended up going through oh okay. yeah find a way yeah. um I can't manage to figure out how to get set up with them I I don't know <laughs> they're, they're another one <laughs> Yep, there's a lot. I mean, because it's popular. Isn't that like the trend right now is E and audiobooks are like mm-hmm. on the rise compared to everything else? Yeah. So yeah. we kind of talked about this ahead of time. So what have you done up to this point to promote your books? I, okay, I don't, I am naturally an introvert. So the whole concept of, and I'm I'm from the Midwest and I'm like, so like talking about myself and trying to say, look how great this is, is really against like my nature like that yeah. is not easy so um I've tried um like getting some marketing people I've tried some of the um, newsletter exchanges I basically thrown a ton of spaghetti against the wall um trying to figure <laughs> out how to to do it I've you know done the uh, fussy librarians and the you know bargain booksies and like all those different sorts of things and mm-hmm. um I'll, on all the right Facebook groups, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> so I've tried a lot, a lot of different things and it's, um, and podcasts and things like that, right? Yeah. And trying to get out there. And um, so that's, that's what I've basically done. So it's a, a whole range of things. Um, some successful, some not, you know, right. But, you know, I keep trying because like well, you I said, it's like... part of that dream. And I, I talked to another author about this, and I keep telling my husband this. He's working on a book. I'm working on my own books. We're just very yep. crafty family. Um, but I'm like, you know, you're going to join a Facebook group, and there's going to be, you know, a thousand different ideas for how to promote your book. But not yes. every idea is going to work for every genre. Right. It's going to work for every particular author. Yep. Um, there are just some platforms that, like, I cheat. I just post the same thing across everything. Right. Um, I, I'm told that's not what you're supposed to do. I don't care. I don't have time. So that's right. that's what I do. Right. Do I write <laughs> books or do I promote, right? Because yeah. if I stop writing books, I have nothing to promote, right? Like there's like that whole 
balance of time. And it's not like for all of us, it's the only thing we do. You know, I've got the kids and the hubby and the day job and, yeah. <laughs> and pets. And <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm over here. I'm like, okay, I have three podcasts and I narrate audiobooks pretty much full time and I have a full time job. So I'm like, when exactly? Right, when you sleep. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do sleep. I, I'm like, everything is like segmented in my day, like do this in the morning and then do this yeah. and then do that and just keep yeah. it segmented. Um, That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's, you know, to get into. yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. I did not start that way at the beginning. I learned towards the beginning of the year when I started um, getting more books, like last year I got all nonfiction and nonfiction. Okay. I didn't have to read ahead of time because... Right. Beyond the words that you don't know how to pronounce, which you can right. look up on the spot. Yep. I don't need to know what the story is. Right. <laughs> so, right. Right. There's no change in tone because, oh, no, I'm scared. Or whatever, yeah. I don't right? have like, to know the personality of the character. There is right. no character. So, right. so last year I did that. And then this year I started landing. Um, so I start that. I'm only landing nonfiction. I start landing fiction at the beginning of this year. And then it was like, oh, now I have to read the book ahead of time. Right. Because I got to know the personalities. So I pick voices that match. I don't want to give an angry voice to a bubbly character. That right. would be bad. Right. That would be uh, bad. So now I'm like, you know, have to add in the time to read the book yes. ahead of time. <laughs> yes. It all gets done. And the weekends yeah. are generally my time to I do these interviews. Nice. And then I do any if I happen to have uh, my daughter's birthday was this week. So I had a day where I didn't get everything done. So I have to catch up over the weekend. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because with segmented, I'm sure it's a tight schedule. And as soon as yeah. something slips, it just. Yeah. Well, and it it's kind of one of those like. I, last weekend, I had everything caught up. This week, this weekend, it was like, well, that happened. Catch back <laughs> up. <laughs> so, just like one day. You have one day where, like, you spend a couple hours at lunch. That's a couple hours of audio that didn't get edited at the end yes. of the day. So <laughs> Right. Yep, exactly. Exactly. But it's the same with, you know, authoring. And do you, like... Um, have a set time in your day that you write or just when uh, you have time available? How does that work? So I um, I had a problem with the beginning of this. So we moved um, okay. and we moved and we switched school systems. And so okay. my kids actually start school an hour earlier. And I had no idea how much that was going to mess with me because I'm usually I write at night. So everybody would go to bed and I take a couple hours and I'd, I would write. Mm -hmm. um, but with the the now that time isn't there, right? Like right. I get to, and all of a sudden it's not there. And I'm, I'm really struggling, figure, struggling to figure out how to get that, that consistency back. Right. And how well, to the shift in schedule would oh, throw you. It killed me. Yeah. It's like with daylight savings time, it takes you a couple weeks. A, a couple weeks. And, and I'd like to say it's a couple weeks, but embarrassingly enough, it's been, it's been almost a year and I still just haven't quite figured out how to, and, uh, well, and then the other thing that I had is, um, I'm very external deadline driven. Mm -hmm. So it's, I can't give myself a deadline, right? Like if, um, if someone's depending upon me, I will absolutely make that deadline. There's like, I will make it happen. But if it's just me, I'm like, it takes another week. Yeah, it'll be fine. So you need to schedule your editor ahead of time. I so. do. I do. And I had this editor that used to, I had to do every month. I had so many words it had to go and it had to be done by the end of the month or I lost it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to lose that. This is going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. 
she's no longer editing. So now I lost between the schedule change and no longer having that <laughs> monthly deadline. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> so you need to get you a like PA or a writing buddy or something that's like, something. you need to like hold me accountable. Yep. And, and I, I did I, this last book I finished, um, which was a Christmas miracle, I felt like but, um, I think it was helping break me free from that. Right. So I've got the next book um, started. I've got honestly four books that are half started that I just need to finish them <laughs> because I kept thinking, well, maybe if I trade projects, it would get better. Yeah. No, no. Then I get halfway through and then, you know, the things we like try to trick ourselves with. It's very. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I in all of this, so I'm I'm. I have a full-time job, which is kind of an on-call situation. It's usually like two hours in the morning of like sitting at my desk and then I'm yeah. on call the rest of the day. Um, so it works well for the narrating. I can narrate in the middle of that as long as I can stop and answer the phone and then go right. back to it. Um, but I decide at the beginning of the year, like, oh, I'm doing all this fiction narrating. So now I'm getting ex inspired to like write my own stuff. So I start this book and then I'm about I don't know, 30,000 words into the book. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it'd be really cool to write a mythology based book. So I buy <laughs> all the mythology right, books. Right, right, Because and whatever Finch and the, yeah. Well, you're like, and for me, I'm like, I don't want to write a mythology based book and not have read the mythology stuff. Right. And then I buy all these books and I'm looking at them and I start reading some of them. And then I got behind on like reading for narration. And then I'm like, when the heck am I going to have time to read these books? Right. In order to write the thing that I wanted to write, but I stopped writing the previous thing. For. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So at this point, I'm just like, just keep plowing ahead, reading the narration books. I'm like maybe a week behind on what I should have read at this point. Yep. So I'm getting caught up. That's good. Um, yep. But I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, why do you why did you think this was a good plan? And at this point, I've like stopped auditioning for audiobooks and I'm still getting audiobooks. That's <laughs> like, funny. Yeah. It's a good problem to have. It's a very it is, good it problem, is a good to, problem have. to have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very much I feel like. Um, and I'm not I'm a digital calendar person, but I feel like yes. at some point in your this applies to you or anybody trying to figure out when to squeeze the time into the day. Yeah. Um, anyone can benefit from I have, you know, I wake up at this time and I go to bed at this time. Right. I could Those maybe, maybe stay up an extra hour, maybe wake up a little early, you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. But here's what I have to do in my day. And for me, it was I had to cut out some TikTok watching time right. to read more to get right. ahead. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Not extra 30 minutes of I used to stop at whatever I was doing at nine and watch TikTok for 30 minutes. Now it's like, nope, at 930 now you got to stop. <laughs> right. And do this other thing. Well, and then I don't know if you do this. Like sometimes the thing that I'm working on, I'm like stuck. Like it's not really stuck, but like my unconscious mind is t like pitching a fit and it's saying there's something that's not quite right. But my unconscious mind does not know how to talk to the rest of me. So suddenly I've read 10 books and the house is clean. Okay, cleaner. Um, <laughs> Let's be right? honest here. Let's be honest, right? Like cleaner. Um, but, and, and then you look up and you're like, I haven't written for like 10 days. Oh, I'm stuck. Why did you tell me I was stuck? And then you're like, find your friend. And you're like, okay, 
let me tell you about blah, 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 and suddenly you're not stuck again you know <laughs> so I do that I have that happen to me too and I'm just like seriously if my brain would just tell me what was going on as crazy as that sounds I'm yeah like, <laughs> I might you know not quite I might be more efficient with my time perhaps mine is usually like oh, I'm two weeks ahead in daily fiction podcast episodes. I don't need to record right now. I'll do, you know, something else for a little bit. And then yep. I'm like, oh, crap, I don't have an episode for tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I was like, ah. Oh. So like right, right now, I think there's two loaded in ready to go. And then I have like 10 that need to be edited and loaded oh, up. Right. So they're like, there oh. and they're ready, but I haven't listened to them yet. Right. <laughs> Right. And again, it's taking up that same time, like you said, from here's my time. And okay, I'm taking this chunk now to catch up on all that. So, okay. But then again, if you don't want to go anywhere, don't do anything. If you want to go somewhere, you have to work hard and that takes time. Yes. (laughs) And and priority, right? Because what we're really saying is for the 24 hours, these are the things that we're prioritizing to the top so that they get done. Mm-hmm. So I might love to hike and I do, but I don't do it very often because, you know, trying to write and being with my kids and eating um, goes on top of that. I mean, <laughs> exercise is important too, but hikes take a lot longer than, you know, 30 minutes on an exercise on bike an in exercise your living room. So. Right, right. Yeah. I tried to do the, I just bought one of the hula hoops. I don't know if you've seen those on TikTok, the like weird weighted things anyway i bought one of those and then i promptly injured my back okay we'll set that on the wall <laughs> yeah i'm like it's hanging on the exercise bike actually <laughs> that's funny because you're gonna be on the exercise bike going like this <laughs> i mean it had to hang somewhere so <laughs> i'm always afraid if i put stuff on like the exercise bike though that at some point i'm not gonna remember it's an exercise bike i'm gonna think it's like you know a clothes holder or whatever and that it's not gonna get used yeah, <laughs> we kind of have this like exercise nook in our living okay. room where like the exercise bike is and there's like the weights and the, i have like a kettlebell and i don't yeah, remember what else is in that corner yeah but like it's only exercise stuff in that little area <laughs> so yeah. and i have good. one of those like ones that kind of folds up so i have to like move it out move of it. the little corner to yeah. use it um but yeah no clothes no clothes or blankets or pillows are getting <laughs> stuck on it it's probably good one less thing that you have to move in order to use the equipment so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the things we do how we trick ourselves into trying to be healthy and getting our goals done. So. <laughs> so what has worked for you? So you said you've tried a bunch of different things with the promoting. What seems mm-hmm. to have worked the best for you? What have you learned? What works and what hasn't worked? Um, so I think doing something like what I'm doing with you seems like it actually does work where, you know, we talk and we have a frank conversation and we have fun and, you know, people see that I'm not just a cardboard cutout. <laughs> <laughs> I try to make it not so like, here's the Hello. list of 10 questions to like oh, answer. And some of those questions sometimes between the interviews, I'm like, oh, wait, I've already answered this somewhere. <laughs> oh, here's my answer. <laughs> I've been asked that four times. <laughs> when I ask the one weird one, I always start out with the fairy tale one because one, yeah. it's a very good icebreaker. It's like people aren't usually expecting that. It gets them into yeah. thinking. It's not a... 
like stressful thing to answer. Everybody knows right. what story they liked as a kid for the most right. part. For I haven't had part. anyone not know yeah, what they like. I liked. hate stories. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I would hope that if you're an author, you like stories. Right, you like stories. Um, <laughs> Maybe you're a nonfiction author. I don't know. <laughs> I've only interviewed one of those, and she wrote her own memoir. So, like, <laughs> that was, it was a little bit different because, like, some of the questions don't, that I would normally right. ask. What's in your inspiration? My life. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm not going to ask that. Um, for her, we went into a little bit of her life story because yeah. that applied. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's different. But I haven't done. I had one like business author, and I was like, yeah, it doesn't really fit the format. So like, this isn't going to be a good fit, right? So that's, I mean, and he was really cool about it. So um, that's yeah, good. Like fiction, you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll just go with what we can. <laughs> So what is your, you said you had a book that's, um, well, by the time this airs, it will have come out. What is the mm -hmm. most recent thing you've got going on? Um, so it's the story Ravine. Um, it is part of a series that I'm starting that's called Renegades Rising. Okay. And so it is, uh, so I told you a little bit about the Relic Trilogy, which mm -hmm. is a science fantasy, and it's set on this distant jungle planet Okay. With some orphans and time travel and uh, all sorts of different crazy things going on. But the bad guy in that series and that trilogy is Ravine. And Ravine's whole thing is that she is trying to save her daughter. Her daughter had died years and years earlier. Um, and Ravine blamed herself and the company she was working for. And mm -hmm. she decided she was going to create time travel to save her daughter. Okay. So this story, Ravine, is about how she uh, goes about trying to do that. And then and eventually so becomes the bad guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a long, twisted story. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> yep. Well, part of it was, like, losing your child, right? Like, how far, what would you do to try and get them back? Like, how mm -hmm. far would you go as a mom? Like, you know, and... Authors are all very, not all of us, but some of us like are doomsday and you're always thinking, oh my God, what would happen if they died in the slot or what would happen if they, you know what I mean? Because your brain what's is What's the worst case doing, scenario? What's the worst case scenario? Yeah. And so I, I started thinking about with, um, my daughter ended up having to get stitches and she had this big, um, I had a scare at daycare where she ended up in the hospital. And so um, okay. I had that moment of going what would I do to keep her safe? What would I do to get her back? Mm -hmm. And then started like really going deep. And so Ravine is like, she's ended up uh, basically um, enslaving a whole population oh, in the attempt to get her daughter back, right? Like she wow. is not a good person. She has done like, there's scientists out of airlocks and there's like, you know, she set up her, um, but lots of just terrible, terrible things that she's done. And, um, and it's too much like, at the end of the book of the trilogy, I really ended up liking her as, as crazy as it sounds. So it, you she have went the whole trilogy whole, done? Trilogy's done. Yep. Beginning, but you haven't released end. one yet. The, the tri that trilogy is done. So now it's Ravine's story where I'm like, okay, well, okay, how okay. did she get here? So how did, how did she become that mastermind? How did she get to where she controlled the whole 
planet and she set up you know a caste system and like how how did she even like how did this even happen that her chief decided to invent time travel i mean like who does that (laughs) i think the first series i really remember that went into that like how did it happen was the maze runner series yeah i don't know if you've ever read i haven't but i've heard of it yeah yeah so that one they wrote like i think it's a trilogy and then i have all the books but i think it's a trilogy of like you know, from the they're trapped in this maze going forward. Um, and then they wrote like a prequel where it's like, where'd the maze come from? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Which is very like, I almost feel like you have to read the original books first, first. and then read the prequel, because if yep. you read the prequel, it gives too much away for the rest of the series. <laughs> right. Well, and there is sometimes like I've noticed that with authors and even like something like Star Wars, right? Like uh-huh. I, you know, did it in the order that I did it, right? Because I, I did the, you know, the the middle ones first, obviously. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> but people who are just getting into the franchise, if you start at the beginning, it's a whole different experience yes. than, you know, doing it the other direction. So yes, I do think there might be like a, what's your recommended order for reading this? And I'm going to be like, I don't know, you know, do the trilogy first if you want to like under like get curious about Ravine or do Ravine first if you want to find out, you know, what happens when she finally gets her goal of trying to get her daughter back. So you need like two charts, the chronological order chart and then yep. the like, if you don't want spoilers before you read the bulk of the series, read it in this order. In this chart. order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's so cool. Ravine is coming out. Uh, and as you said, it's going to be October 24th of 2020. Two, I have to add the two there. Sorry, uh, COVID time warp. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I should have. There's going to be. I, I think they're going to be called. They're tentatively titled Mouse, Lyra, and the Duchess are going to be part of the Renegade crew, and then it's all going to come together. And right now, I'm calling it Hostile Takeover. Okay. Final book where all of those POV characters come together, and I'm going to say save the world. So. <laughs> Tentatively, that is the plan right now. Tentatively, that's the plan. But, you know, I told you about my dreams and how things come up. So so there you go. That's fun. Claudia liked Aesop's Fables growing up. Aesop's Fables, or the Aesopica, is a collection of fables credited to Aesop, a slave and storyteller believed to have lived in ancient Greece between 620 and 564 BCE. Of diverse origins, the stories associated with his name have descended to modern times through a number of sources, and continue to be reinterpreted in different verbal registers, and in popular as well as artistic media. The fables originally belonged to oral tradition, and were not collected for some three centuries after Aesop's death. By that time, a variety of other stories, jokes, and proverbs were being ascribed to him— although some of that material was from sources earlier than him or came from beyond the Greek cultural sphere. The process of inclusion has continued until the present, with some of the fables unrecorded before the late Middle Ages and others arriving from outside Europe. The process is continuous and new stories are still being added to the Aesop corpus, even when they are demonstrably more recent work and sometimes from known authors. Manuscripts in Latin and Greek were important avenues of transmission, although poetical treatments in European vernaculars eventually formed another. On the arrival of printing, collections of Aesop's fables were among the earliest books in a variety of languages, through the means of later collections and translations or adaptations of them. Aesop's reputation as a fabulist was transmitted throughout the world. 
Initially, the fables were addressed to adults and covered religious, social, and political themes. They were also put to use as ethical guides and from the Renaissance onwards were particularly used for the education of children. Their ethical dimension was reinforced in the adult world through depiction in sculpture, painting, and other illustrative means, as well as adaptation to drama and song. In addition, there have been reinterpretations of the meaning of fables and changes in emphasis over time. Today we'll be reading The Hare and the Hound, one of Aesop's fables. Don't forget, we're reading Les Mortes d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and of his noble knights of the round table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. The Hare and the Hound A hound started a hare from his lair, but after a long run gave up the chase. A goat herd seeing him stopped, mocking him, saying, The little one is the best runner of the two. The hound replied, You do not see the difference between us. I was only running for a dinner, but he for his life. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for the conclusion of Claudia's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands, and to hear another of her favorite fairy tales.